It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. It's the Big Match Preview coming to you live on your Thursday evening. My name is Louis Mendes and we've got a packed studio here at the Valley as we get ready to look ahead to Sunday's home game with Preston North End. Don't forget Sunday, uh, not Saturday because it's live on Sky as well. The return of Patrick Bauer is a huge television event. Uh, Right, joining me in the studio to look ahead to that game uh, against Preston on my right hand side is uh, Mr. Lewis Catt. Hey, Danu. Yeah, good mate. You are right? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Had a good week? Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah, not yeah. too bad. Excellent stuff. Is it? It's not your birthday today, is it? But no, last week. No, last week. You had a day off work, didn't you? Because I did have the day off work. So we found that we just found out in the studio that Lewis Lewis's company gives him the day off work for your birthday, like he's four years old or something. In class, yeah, impressive. Right. Also here uh, in the studio is Tom Wallen. How are you doing, Tom? All right, thank you. Yeah. When's your birthday? Uh, New Year's Day, which is a bank holiday. Oh, <laughs> I mean, technically I always get it. Up yeah. As well. well, there you go. So it would have been against Swansea as well. You're. Yeah, Your and then they moved then it. They moved so it, so that's ruined your birthday. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry to hear that. Especially and, uh, as I'm in Cardiff yeah. for oh. New Year as well. But at least you got Saturday off. That's true. Yeah, yeah. you can watch the we, we, Saturday morning World Cup final. Cheers to that, yep. Yep, <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah. Move on. No, all right. And also, <laughs> on the left-hand side, uh, furiously flicking through Tinder on his mobile phone, <laughs> is uh, Mr. Nathan Miller. How you doing, Nathan? Yeah, I've got repetitive straining order. Yeah, restraining yeah. order? Restraining order? <laughs> <laughs> Disorder, right? Yeah, that's what you'll have that in a few weeks' time, I'm sure. Straining, Repetitive disorder. strain, that's strain, strain, strain. Disorder. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the one. You need to make sure you polish oh, that off now. before you, before you start talking to him. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, in my bio. Yeah, <laughs> excellent stuff. Yeah, I'm doing good, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can see that. Yeah, clearly, excellent. So on tonight's show, uh, we will gear up for Saturday, uh, Sunday's home game with press. We're also going to hear from Josh Cullen. Uh, the midfield maestro got the uh, penalty, rescued a point for us at West Brom last week. We'll hear from him about that game. Uh, and uh, we're going to hear from Dave Seddon from the Lancashire Evening Post as he tells us all about uh, Alex Neal's Preston side who are coming down to the Valley uh, on Sunday. Uh, I mean, just before we, we sort of head into a few bits and pieces, Lewis, I mean, he can't really... You can't really uh, underestimate how important our home games are at the moment. And it's weird, isn't it, how we've, we've just been talking about how we've actually only won two of our last eight games. It doesn't feel like that at all because obviously the two draws at Fulham and West Brom felt like victories. And we're playing, we're playing really well at the moment, but maybe just time to just start putting a couple more teams away, you know, like we did against Derby on our last home game, Lewis. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I was, I was really impressed with how we played up in West Brom and I think we were all going there with a bit of a, a bit of worry with you know the the injuries and stuff we got in the side at the moment and to come out of that with a point and really to, I think we could have won that game was was you know kudos to to the team they were they were fantastic and it's another team on Saturday we're going to face uh, bang in form you know they're they're up there second in the league at the moment as well so it's going to be a tough affair but as you say last time out when we brought Derby County down to the valley that we we sort of played them off the park so I'd like to think we could do the same thing. 
Sunday, especially in front of the TV cameras, because we never seem to do that on TV. But <laughs> fingers crossed we'll, we'll break that this it's, time it's, around. It's weird how it's the second game in a row, Tom, that we're facing uh, the side at the very top of the goal-scoring charts in the, in the Championship. Because last week, I think Preston and West Brom were both level. Uh, Preston got three goals against Blackburn last week, and West Brom only got two. So, you know, again, the, the defence are going to have to be sort of on their metal on, on, on Saturday. I mean, we... we, we Kept a clean sheet last time out of the Valley, conceded a couple in each of our last two away games. And so that'll be something that Bay will be looking to try and repeat from, from the Derby game, a clean sheet. Yeah, definitely. And I know, I know we have conceded goals in a couple of games recently, but on the whole, we don't concede a lot. And I think we spoke, I think on Sunday's show, about how we tend to play better against the teams that come out and play against us. And those teams tend to be the ones at the top. And you look back at the very start of the season when we went on quite a nice little run and then you looked at where those teams were and actually a lot of them were down towards the bottom and you think, okay, maybe that's not that good a gauge of how good we are. But you look at the last six or seven games, the likes of Leeds and Fulham that we've had to play, um, obviously West Brom and, and now Preston, they've all been up there. Um, even Reading were, were doing well when we played them, so you go even further back. So I think... We're at a stage of the season now where we can reflect pretty fairly on on how we've performed this season. I think the position is uh, is obviously a good one, and I think it probably represents you know it's a fair representation of the season so far. Um, so yes, it's going to be another tough game, but as you say, we kept a clean sheet here last time. On the whole, our defence has been very good, although we we've let a couple in over the past few games, but. I'd be pretty confident that back at home we'll hopefully have a decent crowd, as I say, off the back of a good win last time we were here. I'd like to think we'll, we'll definitely be able to compete. Um, and as I said earlier, and I've, I've said plenty of times this season, I don't think there's anyone in this league that we should be fearing or, or worried about necessarily because we've proven we can compete with everyone. Mm-hmm. 12, uh, 12 o'clock kickoff, is it? 12, yeah, 12 o'clock. I mean, that's not, it's not ideal, is it? I mean... Just not everything sort of your, your whole routine's knocked out a little bit, and so that is. I mean, that is something that the players of both sides are going to have to adjust to, and and you have to say fair play to the the fans of Preston who've sold over a thousand tickets. Because there's not, it's not possible to get here by a train on the morning, so they're all either going to come down the night before or or driving down or finding different ways. So it's a, a good away following from them, but it's just uh, it's it's one of those kickoff times that. I, I don't like that. I feel it takes a bit of the edge off, off, off the game for me. Yeah, I think so too. I think <coughs> you've got <coughs> excuse me, you've got some people that are morning people, like me, who's awake early, and you've got some people that are slow burners and you know, it takes ages to get ready. And I think you might have some players like that which might play into the hands of it being on edge. So I don't really like early kickoffs at all, whether it's on a Sunday or a Saturday. Um, but hopefully it doesn't affect the game. But it's just going, going to football on a Sunday now, and you've got work the next day. It's just mm. nothing more than you, even if you, even if you win, you know you're up there and you go right. Let's go home and go up and then go out for work on Monday. It's a bit depressing, but um, <laughs> hopefully we get well, a nice little birthday and you work where Lewis. Yeah, exactly. He'll have the Monday off, won't he? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's what it is. Yeah. But I don't really like Sunday games at all. No, mm, uh, excellent. Okay, well, we'll obviously we'll look ahead in, in more detail to the Preston game. Of course, talk about the return of Patrick Barrett as the pod continues. But there's been some good news, actually, uh, earlier on today, just before we came on. It's been revealed that Naby Sarr has been called up to the Senegal squad uh, for the games against Congo and Eswatini or, Swa- or Swaziland, as they're more commonly known. Uh, I mean, so, Lewis, uh, I believe that is Nab's first call-up to the Senegal squad. He's played France youth teams, but obviously... Uh, uh, you know, he's found his home in Senegal. His dad was a Senegalese footballer as well, though I don't think ever played for the Senegal national team, but he did play a lot in France. But, I mean, um, you know, for his performances he, he's had over this season, bear in mind he's been in and out of the team a little bit, but 
um, he's he's finally been noticed, and I know it's a great honour for him. Yeah, it is, and I'm I'm really happy for Naby to be fair because you know last season he was he was phenomenal, and and he's coming when he's played this year as well, and he has had time in the in the side. I've been impressed with him again because sometimes he doesn't quite get the time on the ball that he would have done at, at League One level in this division, and can look a bit shaky at times. But overall, I think he's he's sort of held his own in this division so far, and it's a massive testament to him because he's. You know, we've only got to go back to when he signed and, and sort of the controversy around it and the fan reaction overall. It wasn't really a popular figure here and he spent a bit of time out on loan at Red Star in Paris and he came back here when we were in League One and sort of started to turn a corner slowly. But last season, we really did see a different, a completely different Navi Sar and mm. that work's really paying off now and I think it says a lot about his character as well uh, where it, a lot of people would have given up in that in that instance. You know, if, if you're a regular person in, in in like day-to-day job and, and you're getting that sort of grief in an office job or something like that you'd start looking somewhere else but he's he's held his own he's stuck around and he's he's turned his career around there yeah. and I think it's I think this call up is is sort of the icing on the cake for him as to just how well he's done over the last couple of years when you remember how much Naby struggled in the championship like when he first came Tom you know he clearly wasn't a fan's favourite when he was first here. It seems like forever ago now, but he was getting a hell of a lot of stick, as Lewis mentioned there. Um, and then, obviously, now we're back in the championship. Do you think he sort of found his feet? I don't know if maybe at the very start of the season, there was just a mm. couple of moments where he looked a bit shaky. But I just think as the, as the season's progressed, I mean, I thought he played well at, at West Bromwich Albion, involved in moves going forward as well. But defensively, you know, considering it was... You know, we had, we had a couple of difficult parts. I thought he did okay there, and he, he certainly seems a lot more at home now and, and adapting to the championship better than he, you know maybe even at the start of the season. Yeah, I think, and it's taken him a few games, but I think the his style of game is quite tailor made to the championship because it's not quite as frantic, it's not quite as hoofball. Although we didn't play a lot of it, a lot of League One can be like that, and actually you do get a bit of time and space, and you you do get teams that sit off your back four a bit and he likes to come forward with the ball. You often see him sort of take two or three touches and then realise, well, no one's coming. I might as well keep going and strides over the halfway line. So from an attacking sense, from a ball playing sense, I think championship is probably his level and and I think he's found that more comfortable in recent weeks. Um, Defensively, I still think there are games where Pierce is going to edge him in terms of that combat uh, combative nature um, you know there are there are games where you need someone like that Bowie has often talked about him being you know his warrior his leader on the pitch um, and there will be other games where I think Naby can come in and if a team's sitting off he can spray balls around we know he loves that cross field ball out to the right wing so I think it's nice to have those options um, I'm delighted for him to get that call up after everything he's been through like Lewis said over the past few years here because he's not had it easy at all uh, and I think he's worked very very hard to get that support of the fans and win the fans over and he's done that with very good performances um, he's obviously a great character around the place as well and uh, yeah I'm just really pleased to see him doing well I still think he's got bits to learn but as you've both said he's still a young man and he is still learning his game so yeah I think he deserves his call up and, and I want to see him obviously keep playing here yeah, obviously there's a couple of other players who are involved in English football who've been called up to the squad obviously Sadio Mane is probably the most uh, famous one at, at Liverpool, uh, but there's another name that stood out, which is um, uh, Famara Deju. Now we may remember that name because he was the one who got sent off about a week ago for kicking uh, Jason Pierce whilst playing for Bristol City. So do you think Naby Sol will, you know, use this 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 one opportunity he gets to finally represent Senegal to go and boot one of his teammates and get retribution for his skipper? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean he's, he's really fully recovered. Do, it? Yeah. No, he's fully recovered from West Brom because I know he was a big doubt because of he got, he got pole axe for the penalty. But, um, <laughs> but you know, he probably, I think he's going to take any strike now because I think the guys have touched on it already. I think that what a lot of people forgot is when he when he first came in, and I remember a game we were playing at home and it was against Blackburn, I think, and he was getting bullied left, right, and centre. But the difference was, if we, we're saying he's young now, so imagine when he first signed. Five-year contract, what was it, over two million, big expectations, he looked nervous, his performance is suffered, and then he become the scapegoat. So it was, it was, it must have been a really tricky time, and I think Tracy Lieburn touched on it, um, it might have been last season or something now, how nice it is to see that he's sort of progressed as a person, as, as a player, but um, I think we're all obviously delighted for Nabs, and I think he's going to enjoy it, and it, if he plays well, which he's done most season, apart from maybe the Blackburn game... Um, he hopefully can stay in there. How do you see it going then? Senegal versus Congo. Who's your favourite? Well, that, I Dave? mean, Congo, a decent little outfit, good on set pieces. But uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go for a 2 1 win for yeah. Senegalese. What about the Swaz- Swaz- Swaziland, Swaziland away? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult place to go, yeah, Swaziland. Swa- yeah. yeah, but Mr. Swazi up top's got a shot on him, though. Yeah, excellent <laughs> 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 stuff. Right. All right, so we're talking about Famara Joju, the Bristol City player that, that's been, uh, that, that got sent off for, for kicking Jason Pierce last week. Now, both clubs have been have been uh, charged for a breach of the FA rules after that uh, apparently it's alleged that both clubs failed to ensure their players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion in and around the uh, 86th minute of the fixture uh, so we had until yesterday to to respond to that so not, also we don't know what, what the outcome is of that yet um, but I mean uh, you watch that incident back so what I see is Jason Pierce going for a challenge he gets fouled he goes down he's on the ball he gets booted up in the air by, uh, by Naby Sar's mate Jeju and all of it, of course, when that happens, Charlton players are going to step in and try and get him off, you know, their own player. It seems it does seem a bit harsh that both sides have been charged there, doesn't it? It does a little bit, and like like you said, I was at the game as well, and I, it was just it was a little bit ridiculous. He sort of had a couple of swipes, didn't he? That maybe looked like he was trying to trying to kick the ball out from underneath Jason Pierce, but even after the ball had left. He thought we'd have another go at his ribs, and mm. and we've got that team at the moment that's a little bit fiery and protective. We've seen it in in other instances with Gallagher being booted in the air by Patrick Bamford a couple of weeks ago, and Lockyer running half the length of the pitch to to push Bamford over. You know, it's, it shows that we've got a team that are going to fight for each other. But I think for us to be charged for our player being booted in the ribs numerous times is a little bit ridiculous, mm. isn't it? Really, it's not. We didn't react. I don't think we reacted any differently to any other side would have done if your skipper's on the floor being kicked by by someone it's, yeah. it's a bit ridiculous he didn't need to do it in the first yeah. place did he? so I, I don't really know why we're mm. being charged I mean the West Brom game we, we, we there was something at full time as well I didn't really get a great view of it but there, there was a little bit of pushing and shoving I think Ben Purrington was involved towards the end so I wouldn't be shocked if, if another charge comes out of that just <laughs> the way it goes but I mean we talk, we, we did touch on it perhaps briefly on Sunday but I mean there, there, there has been a lot of uh, the players sort of grouping up to surround the referee or to surround other teams uh, when things have got a bit out of hand. Now, it, obviously, I guess the FA have started to take a bit of a dim view on that. But at the same time, you know, the, there's nothing more you want to see than the team playing in the image of the, of the manager and, and looking out for each other and, and playing as a unit and, and backing each other up when things get a little bit hairy out there. I was about to say it's a team in the spirit of the manager uh, and in a good sense as well. Um, and obviously when he's up on the up in the gantry because he can't be touchline and the players take responsibility and they think, well, we'll be the ones to have a go at the ref then. Um, so, yeah, it's great to see them all together, that team spirit, that unity. They're not letting any of their mates, you know, get isolated for a second. Um, they're all sort of supporting each other and you can see that. And 
sometimes that is going to spill over um, and, and clearly a couple of times the powers that be have decided that it's gone a bit too far but as a fan you love to see it you know if one of your players goes down in a heavy challenge if he's just left there on his own you think well do the rest of the players care about him what's going on but the squad we've got at the moment they're there immediately they're in the other team's face they're in the referee's face they're supporting their mates and as I say as a fan that's what you want to see and it's you know, it's no surprise really that Boya's created that sort of team spirit because, as I say, he himself has had a couple of spells already since being our manager on the on the sidelines as a result. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's good to see. Uh, obviously, you don't want them to keep going too far because then the refs are going to start pulling their cards out. But um, that unity is obviously important. Mm, yeah, because for all the fines and, and charges that we've had uh, levied against us so far, we, we still haven't had a red card yet. Yeah. I think we, we're doing it in the in the right way. Certainly, we pick up a, a few bookings here and there. Darren Prattley's one game away from a uh, a ban. He's on he's, or one card away from a ban. He's on four bookings already. So I'm hoping he doesn't get one. I think there, I think there's possibly a couple of others actually on four already. Yeah, they uh, rotate them though. Don't yeah, they? so mm. we we hope they don't get any on Sunday before the Millwall game coming up. Um, Millwall and Brentford were fined fourteen grand each for similar offences. So I just wonder if that will be the case. Anyway, right, we've also had an email in uh, from Jack Burton. He wants a shout out because he's doing a 25k run uh, from Carlshaw and Athletic to the Valley uh, in order to try and help. Uh, assist Lyle Taylor in his uh, Pink October uh, raising money. He's already raised uh, what £575 of his £1,000 uh, target. So I'm going to tweet that out now from the Chatham Live account as well. So if you want to raise uh, to, to Jack there, uh, make sure you do so and help assist Lyle Taylor as well on his way to raising money for Cancer Research UK. Right, we're going to have a quick break here on Chatham Live. When we come back, we're going to hear from Josh Cullen. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers there. And it's shot. Yes! 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 Oh, he scores! Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Guess it! Come on! What a time to be here! Here on Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Oh, 
us. So welcome back. That man's coming back on Sunday. It's it's, it's going to be a bit weird, isn't it? So the last time we all saw him was was scoring a goal like that for uh, uh, for us at Wembley Stadium. Patrick Bow be back in the building <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, make sure you don't miss it. Right, Josh Cullen, uh, midfielder on loan from West Ham. Uh, for me, a bit of a surprise penalty taker uh, on on uh, Saturday when we drew two two up at the Hawthorns. Um, but you listened to him; he sounded confident, and he, he was asked about that during the uh, during the interview. We're about to hear. Um, obviously, on Saturday was the second time in in a row that we've been found ourselves trailing to a team uh, with ten men. And uh, Josh Cullen says it's actually uh, the opposition going down to ten isn't always the blessing that you might think it is. Strange thing to say, but sometimes it seems harder to to play against ten men. Um, whether the the team you're playing is up their game a little bit, um, but yeah, to come to top of the league, uh, West Brom, a massive club. And, and get a point away from home uh, is not to be sniffed at. So, yeah, we take it and, and, and we move on. Did what happened on Wednesday night uh, give you any bearing as to how to handle that and what to do in the... At least you had more time to come back into this one. Yeah, obviously, yeah, we had more time to come back into it. We knew that. Um, yeah, it was still sort of 15 minutes with, with stoppage time to go, I think. So we knew we had time to get back into it. Uh, we just had to stay patient and... And hopefully a chance will come and, and obviously it came at the end and, and yeah, we're, we're delighted to, to get the point. It must be uh, pleasing for the whole side because uh, coming away from Wednesday with nothing um, to come back and at least get something out of, uh, out of a side that everybody assumes will be there or thereabouts if not right at the top at the end must be, uh, must be really pleasing. Yeah, of course. I think um, <clears throat> obviously on, on paper if you play Derby, Bristol City away and, and West Brom away in a week to get four points as a newly promoted side. Um, is a decent return um, I think it says a lot about the group we are that we're still a little bit disappointed with, with not getting more out of what we this week but um, like I said every sort of game we play against these these sea sides you'd expect to be up there or thereabouts playoffs automatics uh, and we're matching them um, that's, that's growing our confidence and and we're just looking forward to next week now and, and, and being back at home and, and our, our home form is going to be key we know that so hopefully get three points next week I mentioned it to Lee Bayer that there are people here that think uh, that we played probably one of the best sides they've played here at the Hawthorns this season and yet we're still nine players on the treatment table again from a, from a changing room point of view you look around you think uh, you know, what could we do with an absolutely full squad yeah exactly um, yeah we like you said we've We've got a few injuries at the minute, um, a few coming back uh, soon, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, that'll give us a, a boost when, when them boys come back. Um, but we've got a good squad in there. You've got young lads on the bench who deserve to be there and, and deserve their place on the bench and a good players good enough to come on if we need them. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a good squad and I think that's what, obviously, the Gaffer and, and Steve Gallen and, and all the staff would have wanted to build at the start of the season to know that every sort of team has these periods where you get a few injuries that you could do without but um, we're still doing alright and and, and, the, and the lads that are coming in or, or lads that have got to play a little bit out of position are doing it and and, um, and and we're still handling okay Into the last seconds and uh, the penalty goes there no questions to who's taken it you were the first one to the ball put it under your arm <coughs> and that was it job done so uh, that's something that had been predetermined I'm guessing Yeah 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 that was uh, something that yeah we'd decided obviously as a team when we do our set pieces the day before a game that, that yeah, I was, was first to take the penalties so um, yeah fortunately one come along and, and I could put it away planting into the roof and then uh, no missing uh, is that where I'm not going to don't give too many games away but uh, do you actually watch the keepers that you're, you're up against to see which way they go 
I don't know. I, obviously, Lyle's normally got that responsibility. I don't know whether he does. I hadn't watched the keeper today where, where he usually goes. But, um, yeah, I've just... So as you go on instinct and, and you pick your spot and, and that was it. that was where I, I picked today and, and it worked okay. In terms of penalties, generally there are pressure th- pressure situations anyway, but uh, almost last minute to get a point for, for the side, uh, added pressure, uh, it didn't seem to bother you too much. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's football, isn't it? They're the moments that you're in the game for. Um, you, you, I enjoy sort of being under that little bit of pressure. Um, and yeah, it was it was nice to like I said to be able to to put it away and, and and make sure we got what I think we deserved at the at the least really a point today. So um, yeah, it was nice. Onto your own performance and uh, in that midfield alongside uh, kind of the likes of Conor Gallagher and uh, Darren Prattley today, uh, fans are looking and seeing the same um, Josh Cullen they saw in League One last year. Uh, so obviously when you come up a, a level, people say can you can you step up? And I think most people say that uh, you're doing that no problem at all. Yeah. Um, Said alongside Connor and Pratt, it makes it easier when you're playing with good players, and, and they're both certainly very good players. Um, so yeah, I, I just I feel like I've I've slotted into to Championship football um, nicely. Uh, I feel comfortable out there, and I feel like I, I can I can perform well at this level. So um, yeah, it's just a lot of hard work on the training pitch um, every day. And hopefully the, the rewards will keep showing on the pitch. It's a midfield that uh, keeps being disjointed, however, with uh, with injuries. Phillips, uh, of course, going down. We've had Ostermer in today. Um, is that uh, is that tough to, to to form a new partnership with with other players? <laughs> yeah, but I, I think again talking about the squad um, with the injuries we've got, we've got players that are more than capable of coming in, and, and the, sh- the side will lose no strength. Um, it will just be as strong. Um, and with the squad, when it's fully fit. Um, there's, there's a lot of competition for places so you have to perform to play and I think that's a good environment for any any team um, to have and we've got that um, and it shows like you said when we do have a little bit of a few injuries um, that lads can step in and, and we can we can do just as well First goal of the season from the penalty spot is there a, is there a target for Josh Cullen for, for goals this season? Uh, no there's not a target um, it's not a target but it's always nice to score and and if I can get on the, the score sheet a bit more than I have done, then, then I'll be over the moon. Um, but uh, I just want to keep doing my job for the team. Um, if the goals come, nice, but, but just keep doing my job um, and keep performing as well as I can for the team, and, and that'll be, be me happy. There we go, Josh Cullen, the West Ham Loney, speaking to Terry Smith after the 2-2 draw up at the Hawthorns against West Brom uh, the other day. Uh, I mean, in, in, obviously... Players we had last season, uh, when when their return was announced, so the likes of Johnny Williams and and Josh Cullen. I mean, they they were very exciting moments because I mean you got so used to seeing Josh Cullen in that midfield, uh, and you remember how how much we missed him perhaps when when he was out um, uh, injured or how much we were desperate for him to come back, especially over Christmas period last year. Um, to, when, when he was announced almost out of nothing that he was coming back on loan this season I and mean, that that was just a great moment in the summer oh it was brilliant yeah and I think you know he was he was so important for us last year and he's one of those players that you you look at as as a lone player that really gets it and you know, lone players can be guilty of sort of coming in getting their minutes and going back but when you get people in like Josh Cullen you know like like Christian Bielik last year as well and and Johnny Williams, if you want to count him, even though it wasn't really a loan, but he was only on a short-term deal. They're coming and really, like they really give their all and they really care, and they 
they buy into what the club's about. And especially when you when you have a manager like B, uh, Lee Bowyer who, who sort of drills it into people, it work. It's like the it's sort of like a bit of a match made in heaven, really, isn't it? So it's it's worked really well for him. He's he's developed as a player under Lee Bowyer as well, like fantastically. I mean, even when he when he came in, I was impressed. But to see how far he's come in a Charlton shirt, especially. Has been has been really impressive, and it, he's still young, and he had that responsibility on his shoulders on Saturday to convert that penalty right at the death, and it was one of those games that had been a bit fiery again, and we we'd gone down to ten, uh, they'd gone down to ten men, and we'd fallen behind, and we were thinking it was going to be a repeat of of uh, Bristol City last Wednesday, and having all that pressure on for a young man who, who seems to not only be mature on the pitch, but even when how he comes across in interviews and stuff like that, he just seems like one of those young players that's really got his head screwed on, and. Mm. I think he's he's developing really well here and I, I hope that we can keep him beyond January. I really do. Yeah, I was going to say, well, what do you think will happen, Tom, with, with Josh? So, he, as it stands, his, his contract's up at the end of the season at West Ham. So, I mean, I haven't heard... That, the, the only thing I've heard is people worrying that it will happen, that it'll be called back. And I, I could see a situation where maybe they're calling back to sell him, which doesn't make much sense because surely <laughs> they see how well he's doing in the Championship and how he's maturing and he's made the step up from last year you know he had played a little bit of championship football before with um, Bolton Wanderers but then he played a full season in League One with, with with Bradford a full season in League One with us and now he's making that step up again so he's showing signs of improvement um, I mean sure, surely West Ham will start to think about giving him a new contract that was sh- that would be the, the the most logical thing to do yeah I would expect or that to us giving <coughs> yeah to us well I mean yeah if we could get him obviously that would be amazing but I think realistically I'm not sure I can see that happening but to me, he's a perfect uh, replacement for, for someone like Mark Noble when he gets to the end of his career. And I know they've got someone like Declan Rice in there, but I think Rice and Cullen could could play alongside each other at West Ham. Um, so for me, if they're thinking at all about the future, then that's what they would look to do. Uh, and if they did offer him a contract, then you leave him here at, till the end of the season because, as you say, year on year on year, he's got more experience and he's improved. And I know he did well at Bradford. I think personally he made a step up when he then came here last year. And I think he's made a step up again this year. Um, He just looks like a very, very good player. And I don't think in a year or so that he'd be unable to play in the Premier League. Um, So for me, West Ham would, would be silly not to offer him at least another year and just see. But if they don't, then maybe it would be that they would look to sell him, obviously, rather than lose him for for nothing in the summer. Um, And that would be my only concern, really. I know we're we're well stocked in that midfield, um, but we've already seen now with injuries creeping up how difficult it suddenly is to start filling a bench. So, And plus, for me, he's the starter, even when everybody's fit. So, um, yeah, obviously I'd like to see him stay for the whole season and... As I say, if West Ham have got anything about them, they'll be offering them a new contract. Now, going back to what Josh was talking about at the very start of that interview, talking about playing against 10 men, obviously, Nathan, you know a little bit more about coaching and, and that sort of stuff than the rest of us. I mean, and he says how it sometimes can be more difficult. I mean, is that is that a fair assumption? Because, I mean, we've, we've seen it in the flesh the last couple of games where the, the opposition has gone down to 10 and then gone on to, to score uh, against us. Luckily, West Brom didn't, didn't hold on in the end. But, I mean, is that a fair assumption that it can, it can be more difficult? Do they... Tend to then go more defensively, or or something yeah, like that. I, yeah, because it depends on the depends on the game and when the red card happens. So I think if you're if the other team go down to ten men and you're winning, you the ball you've got all the cards because they're going to have to try and score and you can keep the ball and they've got to press and then you find space in behind. Whereas if you're playing ten men and they're just going gung ho, <coughs> excuse me, and they go gung ho, they're still 
I mean, yeah, they've got one player less, but then they can bomb the fullbacks on. You're still going to be overloaded. Um, so it can be quite tricky. So it all depends on what the game is. And obviously West Brom, you know, they weren't just going to sit there and hold out for the result at the time. Um, but yeah, it can, be, it can be difficult. But one player is is obviously an advantage, but it's it's not the be-all and end-all. It just means you've got a bit more smart. It's when it goes down to nine. That's when you really exactly. see it. I remember a couple yeah. of games I've seen teams go down to nine and they really just, they just keep the ball and just yeah. wait for openings. I remember... Well, years and years ago when we played Swindon on, on uh, Boxing Day and we went down to nine and just watching, we were 1-0 up at the time, but mm. then they were just playing us around and then obviously we got back we got back into it at the very end. Is that the set when, piece with Lara? Yeah, you? when they they mm. fell asleep at the end, but yeah. It's, because uh, just like if you have nine, you, you can, you've got two choices. If you had a back four, you either go four four zero, which means you're just going to give them the, the, the possession all the time, or you go four three one, and then they're just going to come down aside you anyway, so... Mm. Yeah, nine's pretty hard. Eight's even worse. <laughs> Seven's probably worse than that. Yeah, yeah. well, six, actually. Six, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, six is when it gets called yeah, off, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. The only, it is interesting, because, I mean, uh, um, we'll, we'll, again, we're going to talk a bit more about Baron in a minute, but one of his weaknesses was he did love a red card when he was playing for us. So, who knows? Maybe we'll go down to... he's the beast. <laughs> go down to ten. On, uh, sorry, he's, he's getting his Tinder lines ready again. Uh, down to ten on, uh, on, on Sunday. Uh, right, let's have a quick break, then we will start to fully... Uh, pay attention or, or start to prepare for the home game with uh, Preston on Sunday. Uh, we'll be back here in 30 seconds. Referee blows. Taylor slowly walks. Still now into the pens here. Lyle Taylor up against the goalkeeper. Taylor steps up. Strike! Yeah! Calm as you like from Lyle Taylor. And Charlton have that second that they've been dying to get. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on your Thursday evening, the big match preview, uh, or via the podcast afterwards. If you're not listening live, don't forget to make sure you hit that download, that subscribe button on the, on the, uh, on the Acast app uh, to make sure you get our show downloaded to your phone or device twice a, twice a week automatically. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for doing that if you have already done so. Right, uh, let's start to turn our attention uh, to Sunday, uh, Preston sitting second in the table, which I have to admit I was a bit surprised about because I, I haven't really taken to looking at the league table too much just yet. Every now and then I have a glance how how we're getting on in comparison to the relegation zone, which you'll be pleased to know we're currently ten points above. Um, mm. Yeah, looking good. Um, but yeah, so when when I actually started preparing to do the phone call with Dave, who we're about to hear from, I was looking, I was, I was doing a bit of of, of uh, research. I was surprised to see that that high in the table, sort of on a quiet, and also it's not what you really expect from a, a Preston North End side who, you know, with all due respect, has sort of been mid-table championship side for the last few years. So I was uh, uh, interested to see how well they're doing. I spoke to Dave Seddon. He's from the Lancashire uh, Evening Post. Uh, and Dave agrees it's been a very impressive start for Alex Neal's side. It has, yeah. Um, probably maybe a little bit unexpected with um, how, how poorly they finished last season. They nearly won one in the last sort of seven or eight last season. But, um, you know, they didn't, didn't do a huge amount of transfer business over the summer. But what they did do, you know, has proved quite effective. And uh, no, they've had a re- really good, solid start to the season. It's only a start, but, um, you know, going into November in second place, it's, uh, it's pretty encouraging to say the least. Yeah, would you put the uh, the difference between this season and last season down to then if there hasn't been that that much transfer business 
Um, but there were times well, last season, as I say, they ended badly and started badly. But in the middle, they had two really good runs. The I think I think they, I think they put to I think they were, um, had a sort of nine-game unbeaten run from sort of October through to December, and then from January through to March, they had a twelve-match unbeaten run. So there was obviously. You know, there was something there last season. It was just the way they started. They had to play catch up, and then at the end, they just fell away. Um, maybe a little bit more experienced. Um, they're a youngish squad. I'm not saying they're a bunch of kids or anything, but you know, a lot, a lot of players sort of, sort of 23, 24, 25. They tend to sign, and maybe that group's just sort of matured together. You know, they've been together two or three years now. Alex Neal's in his third season here as manager. Maybe they're just sort of, you know, maturing together, you know, gaining that little bit more experience. Um, Patrick Bauer, of course, who I'm very familiar to you. He's coming, he's brought that little bit more experience to the centre of the defence. And I think they've been a bit... He had some bad injuries last season and the season before. Tended to come sort of, you know, two years ago. I think they lost about eight defenders at one point. Last season, they, they had a spell when they could hardly get a striker or a winger on the pitch because of injury. But this season, well, they are injuries, but not, not, not as many and sort of a bit more spaced apart. So, you know, perhaps, you know, all those things combined have just sort of, you know, come together and, you know, they're having a, you know, a stronger season as a result of it. And what do you think the expectations or the or the hope at least or the aim for a club like Preston are in, in the championship? You know, they've been back in the division for, was their fifth season in a row now. So are they starting to yeah. think about trying to hit those playoffs again? They do. They, you know, they do. They, they want to get up. They're one of the few clubs in the championship who haven't played in the Premier League. So the, the last time North End were in the top flight, Division One, as it was, was like I think nineteen sixty one, the year after Tom Finney uh, retired. Um, so there, there is there is a desperation, you know, uh, an ambition anyway to get to get back into the you know to get into the Premier League. To think of the clubs up here in our area, Blackpool. Blackburn, Wigan, Bolton—they've all had a season. Wigan, you know, they've all had a time in the in the Premier League. Then, you know, not too far away, you got Manchester. You know, the Manchester clubs, you got Liverpool. So, it's sort of the northwest is sort of, um, you know, Preston is sort of one of the few clubs really around here who haven't been up there. So, they do want to get into the Premier League. You know, the. You know, if they could get there, even if it's only a season to start with, you know, if you have, you know, handle the finance side of things right, you know, it can can leave you in a real, you know, a really good state. You know, to you know, even if you came down and handle the money right, you can have bounce back and have another go, a bit like Burnley did, and they're reaping the rewards now. But you know, yeah, this is the fifth season back in the, in the championship, and um, they had two eleventh place finishes to start the first two seasons up, and Alex Neal's first season, they finished seven. They're in the playoff running until the you know the, the very last game of the season. They did really well last season. They got as high as six, I think it was in March, and then as I say, tailed off. So they've shown that they can be up at that end of the division. It's just getting over the line, you know, sort of, you know, maybe in the past certain things of you know the squad's probably not been quite strong enough, or they've lacked a little bit of experience. But uh, but there's certainly an ambition to get into that Premier League, and you know. We've, the way things are going at the moment you know when you're second in the table at this stage of the season those expectation levels start going up a little bit you know and uh, you know fans start thinking you know could this be our year to challenge and uh, I certainly think they, they have got the capability to challenge up there consistently um, you know if they can just 
just uh, you know just avoid um, tailing off like they did last season. Mm. And what about Alex Neil as a manager? Obviously, he had success in Scotland, um, came down and was at Norwich, and now now at Preston. Uh, I've obviously been there for a couple of years now. I guess the fans, I assume they they've taken to him over that 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 couple of years. No, oh, indeed, yeah, um, yeah. As you said, um, he got Hamilton Academical up to the Scottish Premier League when he was there. Got Norwich promoted um, when it went, when he came when he went to Carrow Road, and you know he, the club suits him, you know, and he suits them if you know what I mean. North End have got quite a good record of Scottish managers over the years, and you think we've had David Moyes here, Billy Davis, you know, and go, go, going back going back over the years, you know, there's been other Scottish managers and coaches and I don't know Neil just seems to you know he's one of these managers he doesn't I'm sure he'd like some more money to spend but what he does have to spend they're quite you know him and the club are quite good at spending it they spot they they know how to get a bargain or two in um, not to spot a player they get younger players in and work with them and uh, Neil's very much a sort of tracksuit manager he's out there on the training pitch he does all the main part of the tactical coaching himself he likes to get out there with the players and I don't, I don't know it just suits him and you know he, he's a fan he, he doesn't you know with the fans he doesn't sort of soft soap him he, he tells it how it is uh, pretty honest you know if he gets his team selection wrong um, he'll say so last week against Blackburn they were 2-0 down after 11 minutes we were awful for 45 minutes uh, came back to win 3-2 you know and he, he sat there in the press conference afterwards said I got it wrong to start with you know, changed things around early, got them going, and they did it. You know, won the game in the end. You know, and there's, you know, there's no trying to hide behind it. And I think, I think like fans like that honesty at times. You know, that they almost lost into West Brom probably April um, back end of last season. You know, West Brom were heavily uh, linked with him, and you know, there was certainly certainly went beyond speculation that they were trying to get him. Um, as it was, he ended up signing a new contract at North End, and uh, he stayed here. So. Uh, you know it showed they've been quite stable in the manager position really Simon Grayson was here for more than four years before Neil Neil's now in his third season I think um, overall Neil's the 24th longest serving manager in you know in English football so uh, okay. um, does show that you know stability two managers in seven years you know he's got them pointing in the right direction I think there's a spell when we seem to be sacking a manager every year you know it just doesn't work so uh, um, but you know you know Neil I think um you know, he, he, he's good for the club. He's got him heading in the right direction. He's settled here. His family has settled here. He's a young manager. Doesn't want to be. You know, he's moved extensively already. Coming, moving from Hamilton down to Norwich, then Norwich up here. You know, it's, it's not just five minutes down the road, is it? So yeah. I think he, he, he's putting down roots there, and uh, um, hopefully, Northam can keep hold of him for uh, you know a couple more, you know, a few more seasons to come. Yeah, and of course, you mentioned uh, Patrick Bauer there. You also mentioned about how Alex Neil is quite straight talking I read some of his comments about Bauer's performance in his debut in the opening day defeat at Millwall and he was a bit scathing but I'm guessing he's uh, improved since then and uh, how, how has he sort of taken to life up at Deepdale? No, oh, he's done really well. Yeah, to, to be fair, the the first day performance at Millwall is you know sort of a bit flat from the whole team. To be honest, um, I actually on the day I gave Bell my star man award, I thought he was, out of the, he was the best of a bad, bad bunch, really. But uh, no, he's he's really been he's played really well. 
you know, you know all about him. He's six foot four, commanding presence. Um, what they've done at Preston, he, he plays. You know, they play a flat back four. He, he's a right sided centre half. They've got Ben Davis, who's left footed. He plays next to him. You got that nice right foot, left footed mm. combination there. Those two have complemented each other really well, and. He just he just take just fitted in really well, you know. He's he's one of these players, you know. <laughs> very little edge to him, no ego. He's you know he's popular in the dressing room, and um, he's what North End were needing. You know they were looking for an experienced defender, not necessarily. You know we're not talking about someone who played six or seven hundred games or anything like that. And it's the other side of thirty, but just someone who's seen a bit of life. You know knew knew how to defend, and uh, you know with a decent amount of uh, performances under his belt. And and Bauer's been that. He's one of only two players now to in the North End squad to have started all, all the championship games it's him and, him and Declan the goalkeeper obviously he was on loan at Charlton you know two or three years ago wasn't he yeah. so uh, barely ever present so far I think he had to come off in one game in August with a bit of a knock but um, otherwise uh, yeah we've, uh, he started every league game anyway and you know I think this is just the one where he's not completed it so uh, for Bosman you know what great value for money really and uh you know, it was interesting that I think Blackburn were one of the other clubs who were strongly in for him, and mm. you know he had, a, he had a really good game against them last week, especially in the second half. So mm. uh, yeah, so proved to be a good signing, you know. And uh, we, we 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 were talking to him this morning at the press conference, and we were, we were talking, you know, with Alex Neal about him as well. And um, one thing we one thing we're all agreed on. When when Patrick Bauer comes back to Charlton on Sunday, he won't be giddy about it. He won't be trying to put one over or anything. Just be that that professional. He'll just be looking to do a job. Um, Alex Neil said he's one of he's quite a humble guy. Be you know respectful of what Charlton did for him, and you know he had a good four years there. And uh, you know, and talking to Bauer himself, he said you know to finish off with a winning goal at Wembley was like you know perfect parting gift really so uh, I think he's looking forward to it but without sort of getting massively carried away about it if you know what I mean there we go. Dave Seddon from the Lancashire uh, Evening Post uh, telling us about Preston North End. I mean, obviously, the, the first thing we have to talk about is, is the return of Wembley hero Patrick Bauer. Um, no matter what happens during the game, before the game, Lewis, I imagine that's probably going to be one of the best um, the, the best reception that we're going to see from a returning player for, for years and years and years because... You know, he was solid over four years and then he wrote his name into Addict's folklore by scoring one of the most important goals of the last five, six years. Oh, definitely, yeah. He's going to get some ovation, isn't he? It's going to be incredible. And he's another person that sort of came in at a difficult time and sort of stuck around the whole time as well. You know, he's been through... He came in originally sort of under under Luzon and was in that relegation side and then again had to work under Slade. And he's worked under all these managers while he's been here and he's he really sort of came of age a little bit last season uh, under Bose and he'd wore the captain's armband a couple of times and he was just sort of regular starter in that area and became a bit of a Mr. Reliable and I think there was a point where he maybe wasn't the most solid defenders had a mistake in him and you saw that sort of coming away from his game towards mm. the end of his time here and it was it was really good for him to get that to get that winner at Wembley I mean it, again like we were touching on Naby Sarr earlier as well but what a story for Patrick Bauer you know he's he's sort of <laughs> He's stuck here during some really difficult times, and he's sort of ridden it out. And we thought we we probably was going to go last season. He ended up staying here for for whatever reason, and, and not going off to I think it was Blackburn. He was linked to, and he, he didn't bother going. And and now he he's stuck about, and he scored the winner at Wembley, yeah. and and he's going to be forever sort of 
cemented into Charlton athletic history because it, we sort of have have him to thank for that goal. It was, it was it, incredible. Yeah, it was at the start of last season when he was linked with Blackburn. Uh, I don't think any bids were accepted, which is which is what happened there. And then do you remember those tweets that came out from his account saying he wouldn't uh, he, he wouldn't um, be renewing his contract, but he did put in a professional job for the rest of the season. You can't ask for much more than that. A player. You know, playing to the best of his ability while he's contracted to the club, and that's what he did. Um, I mean, uh, Mendonca and Asda said on the forum saying, Here's hoping that Patrick Bauer has given the freedom of Greenwich uh, in a presentation uh, before the game, and then to uh, pay us back, uh, Patrick Bauer can score a 94th minute winning own goal uh, towards the end. Just, just to top and tail it quite nicely. Um, obviously, you know, we're doing the, the niceties and, and, and giving him the, the respect he deserves, but, you know, Come midday Sunday, we need to find his weaknesses. So let's have a look back at, you know, Lewis mentioned at the start of his career, he was prone to the odd mistake. He did tend to iron those out by the, by the end of it. But I'm just trying to think, he, he could get turned on the floor a couple of times. Like I say, he was, was suspect to a couple of red cards. If you beat him for pace, he does try and foul you. So I'm guessing we're, we're going to be looking for those weaknesses. Same as we did with Christian Billick, you know, once, once the game starts, yep. the niceties are over. 100%. Yeah, I think uh, you're right, pace for one. So I think he's going to be wary of Macaulay Bond. Uh, and pressure, you put him under pressure, and and he can he can make a mistake, a bit like Naby used to do. And again, he started to iron those out as we spoke about earlier. But he he was a very good player for us. I'm not suddenly going to pick apart all of his game, but there are weaknesses there because if there wasn't, he'd be playing at the very top of the Premier League. So you're right; I, he deserves innovation when we, when he first uh, comes out and when his name's read out. Uh, from then on, I hope he gets sent off. I hope he scores an own goal. I hope he makes mistakes. Um, but if he if he is still on the pitch and then gets subbed off, then again, just like Bielik, I hope he gets the ovation he deserves. Um, mm. But yeah, as, as I say, as a as a centre back, he has got uh, mistakes, he has got um, weaknesses, and and we need to be able to exploit them. And, and Boya is going to know him better than most, uh, so I'm sure he'll be working on that with our attacking players. It's your fellow countryman, of course, Nathan. Are you looking forward to saying hello, saying Guten Tag? Yeah, <laughs> nine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not fluent in German. Yeah, I've noticed. Not. You're not fluent in English. No, exactly. Yeah, no, I can't, I'm not fluent in anything. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just yeah. What these guys say, really looking forward to it. He's done a job, hasn't he? Um, I think uh, with Pat, Pad, he, uh, he's not really, <laughs> he's not really um, good at the with his with the ball at his feet. So that's one. Thing. I th- he also gets quite tight. From what I remember, he always used to go really tight on strikers, and he used to be give away a lot of fouls. Um, so yeah, he's going to like Tom said, he's going to have his hands full with with Maka if he mm. starts. Can't see why not. But I mean, obviously, he's one of the players that that left in the summer, and we we had to go about replacing him. And his replacement is Tom Lockyer, a player who's who's proved very popular so far this season. Mm. If if you were put on the spot now and and uh, Locky. Roland, well, let me ask the question first. <laughs> Roland came up and said, "Which player would you like yeah. out of the two? I mean, why, why would you choose Lockyer over Bauer then?" Uh, so basically, I remember what was that game we did the the pre season Villa. After that game, there was a lot of people calling Lockyer out, saying he weren't good enough, wasn't he? Mm. And I tell you what, he's been brilliant. I think he's a lot better at um, a lot better with his with his feet than Pat. Um, I also think he's very much so more physical. Yeah, he's than, more aggressive, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's more aggressive. I think Pat will probably win more headers, maybe, but I think Lockie's a lot more, like an old school defender, um, and he's quite comfortable on the ball as well. 
Um, he's got more pace as well, yeah, I think. Them exactly. last ditch tackles, he's made mm. two or three this season that seem to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, Pat, throughout his career, he's been consistent. You know, he's not he's not had many bad games, but for me, I think Lockie just edges it. Mm. Yeah, like I said, I think he was prone to errors at the start of the season. I mean, to the extent that when, when he gave away that goal to AFC Wimbledon that Lyle Taylor scored when he was still there a couple of seasons ago, that was sort of an outlier at the time. I was like, well, he hasn't actually done that for a couple of years now, but at the start of his career, he was doing that all the time with us. It did take him a while to, to settle into English football, but as we heard from data he certainly seemed to have settled uh, up north now and, and obviously we wish him the best but not for uh, not for Sunday I mean just looking at Preston's away form as as Dave mentioned they have actually only won once on on the road this season at Birmingham who can be hit and miss um, lost last time out home to uh, away to Reading sorry in, in on, on the road and they'll drop a Preston so I mean these aren't the sort of results that that, that will set you alight on and uh, away form in the, in the championship you expect they're clearly much stronger at home which is something we're going to have to try and look look to take some some positivity from yeah definitely I mean judging by their form as well by that Reading game it looks like they seem to score a lot of goals Preston I think we were looking earlier they, they do love a they do love a goal um, who doesn't who doesn't exactly that yeah <laughs> whole reason I come to football really. yeah exactly <laughs> me too <laughs> hey, goals, I hate them hate goals <laughs> God. people would stop scoring um, yeah and I disappointing result for them at Reading as well you know we've been there ourselves and they didn't really light anything up did they Reading I thought they were pretty poor and Middlesbrough as well a defeat there and again a team that are really struggling at the wrong end of the table and they've managed to to beat them as well so I don't know it's a bit it's it's with us I think I always feel really confident when we're playing at home regardless of who we're coming up against and you know we said it a couple of about a month or so ago when when we'd had a couple of defeats away with uh, at home to Birmingham and away to Wigan and then we had that Leeds game we were all thinking oh here we go this is going to be the moment we get turned over and, and we managed to get a win out of that we said the same thing against Fulham we have, uh, me Tom and A from the boat we're thinking this could be the time we get turned over managed to pull that through as well and I think it just shows that we're, we're not here just to make up the numbers we're really holding our own at the moment and sort of touching on what um, what Nave said about, about Lockyer as well Another reason I think he's better than Pat is just that he's more of a leader. And I think that the reason that we do so well, especially across the pitch, is that we've got leaders in every position. And that's something that I haven't seen out of many sides in the Championship so far at all. I think that we've got something quite unique in terms of the amount of leaders we do have on a pitch. We've only got to look at Piercy, you've got to look at Lockyer, you've got to look at Darren Prattley, Lyle Taylor. These are all people that you can see as leaders. And I think that that'll, that'll play in our favour and I'd fancy us to beat anybody at home as, as I've said numerous times this season. So I'm pretty confident going into Sunday. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, I mean, looking at the Charlton side then, Tom, looking at the team up at West Brom, trying, I don't know where there'd be many changes there really. I mean, we saw how short the bench was. You know, we had Josh Davison coming on making his debut. Was he 20-year-old striker on, on Saturday? So I'm not looking at the bench thinking there's many people who might come into the team. Maybe they're Josh Elijah. Uh, and maybe Berham Kyle are the only two I'm looking at there who possibly have got a chance to start. And is there anyone really in, in that Addicts lineup that, that you'd want to change? Ostuma played pretty well on on Saturday up at West Brom. I'm not sure if, uh, I mean, Solly and, and Deji seem to be fairly interchangeable at the moment, so there's one possible change. But I mean, how, how do you think Bayer will play this one? Obviously, we've got to think about that Millwall game the week after, which, which carries a hell of a lot of importance for us. And um, I mean, I mentioned. Pratt Pratters is on four yellow cards, as is Tom Lockyer and Conor Gallagher. So, I mean, we can't do without any of those players against Millwall. But obviously, at some point, they're likely to pick up that suspension. So, Bayer is probably, he's not going to think, he's not going to be concentrating only on the Millwall game. Yeah. He's going to have to think about Preston as well. So, I mean, where, where do you think changes may or may not be made ahead of, ahead of Sunday? Yeah, I can't see a huge amount. I think 
like you said there, he obviously can't just concentrate on the Millwall game, but I wonder whether some of those players, you can almost guarantee someone like Gallagher picking up a yellow card against Millwall. So you think, well, can we risk dropping him and waiting and playing him against Millwall? Obviously, Lecco just couldn't play because of the the fact that he'd come from West Brom. So maybe him coming in for, for Ostuma, possibly. Um, or if we're going to play two up front in a more standard 4-4-2 with a diamond. Um, Kyle, maybe for Prattley again, just to, to give Prattley a bit of a break. Um, but no, I can't see a huge amount of changes because, as I say, we haven't, haven't got a huge amount of players to, to pick from. I imagine a couple of the youngsters will come off the bench and Lecco will come back on as a result. But... I think it'll be largely the same side because, as I say, I don't think Bowie's got really mm. much to choose from. Yeah, that was a tough one then. So, Le- Leco missing out at West Brom. Obviously, as you said, it was his parent club. I saw him I saw him up there after the game, actually, having a bit of uh, a bit of a running session on the pitch after. Mm. But, um, like I say, I thought Ostum had played quite well last week. Nay. So, I mean, how do you think? Because, obviously, Leco's pretty much started every game. There's only been a couple where he's been been on the bench. Um, so, which way do you think Bowie goes? He's clearly, clearly a player that Bowie likes, li- likes to throw in as his wild card, as he says. Yeah, I think I think he'll probably start with Leco and not Aussie. I think with with Ostuma and Williams, <clears throat> Williams can play in that ten, but you can also shove him out in more of a wider area where, mm. and he can drive at people where Aussie isn't really that sort of player. He's the one who, like a better version of Ben Reeves, you're getting into the pockets, and um, it's not hard, is it? that's <laughs> why I, can, I think if we play the diamond, the four four two, I think it will suit Aussie. But if we need to adjust and go to a <clears throat> like a wider sort of situation mm. where Lecco would go out on the wide, wider right. I can't really see Oztuma going on that wide left berth. Um, so I think Oztuma might, in my opinion, it wouldn't surprise me if he dropped mm. out. Well, how, how do we go with it then? Because obviously, like we say, it's a Preston side that's scoring a lot of goals at the moment. So therefore, I, I, I'm assuming straight away we'll probably go with that three at the back, which has worked pretty well for us. I mean, um, I, I think did we play against Derby at home? I think we did, didn't we? So we sort yeah. of, we sort of like according to the stats, we did actually give up a fair bit of possession against Derby. We were quite happy to hit them on the counter, and we saw that up at, up at West Brom on uh, on Saturday. Whereas I don't know if the possession was quite as bad as as the Derby game. But in terms of going forward, a lot of it was counter attacking football that that we've become sort of very adept at over the last few weeks. So I mean, my initial thoughts is he probably will go for three at the back, but I guess he has got that. Uh, that ability to change or, or either before the game or during the game, depending on how he sees fit. Yeah, and I, th- I think I'd agree with you. I think I think the three at the back would be the best option and with, with Solly and, and Ben Perrington as, as wing-backs, I think that would probably counter them a little bit better. I think they, they play sort of, a, I think they play like a 4-2-3-1, judging by what I've looked at recently. But we've just got to, you know, we, it worked so well against Derby. So if, if we can sort of use that system again, and, and get the same result out of it. It's going to be it's going to be good. So I'd, I'd be uh, interesting to see who who is going to start up there, uh, sort of alongside McCauley Bond. If anybody, uh, like Nave said there, if he brings Leco back in, I wasn't wasn't overly not not yeah I wasn't unimpressed with Ostuma on on Saturday, but I felt that he was he's quite limited um, against some sides. I think Preston are quite a physical side that probably would. Would struggle in that in that game, not not just down to his size. I just think he's not he's not that much of a physical player. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we line up there. He certainly prefers it when the game's a bit more open, which it probably was in that first half at West Brom. There was space mm. for him to play into. But like I say, I mean, we've seen him in other games here. I'm trying to remember. It weren't Forest game. He looked very good, but there was another yeah, game. At yeah, home. that game I was impressed with him. Yeah, but, but where he started, and he, he looked uh, he looked uh, he was very quiet um, in that game. So that can be difficult. I mean, the, the only two. Uh, 
people who've played all the all the all the minutes so far are Lockyer and Phillips, which I was actually uh, surprised about. But I guess you, you see that about Boya uh, going into a couple of games ago, we'd made the joint most changes in in the championship as well. So I guess that just shows the limitations of of the squad and the fact that he knows he has to try and keep as many people fresh as possible without overloading minutes into into anyone as well. I think that, but also I think it shows the fact that for the first time, probably possibly under Roland we've got the opportunity to interchange players and he's making the most of that we spoke on Sunday about just how quickly games come particularly this year being a summer tournament next year and all the international games that they're squeezing in all the Wednesdays all of the sky fixtures it seems like with all the games being moved around there's lots of games coming thick and fast so his ability to rotate is obviously helping Um, obviously with injuries at the moment he's less able to do so but I think he's got that opportunity to do it. And again, we've spoken a, a few times this season about the fact that Bowie has got a squad there that can adapt to, to pretty much anything he throws at them. We've got two or three different formations we can play. We've got three or four players that can play in a number of different positions. So I think it's about Bowie working out which formation and which personnel is going to work best against whatever opposition and making sure that he does that accordingly. And as a result, you get the likes of Purrington coming in or Forster Kasky coming in or... Ostuma or, or William swap in or, or whatever just to, to suit whatever formation we talked earlier about Saar and Pierce being interchangeable so he's able to make changes where he wants to but as I say he's less able to do so at the moment just because of those injuries mm, right, Bob Liscombe did tweet in uh, trying to get a sing song started at the studio all together now you've got a big yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we're not, we're yeah, not gonna. Yeah, you got a big friendly German uh, in the other team. Right, let's have uh, some predictions ahead of the game on Sunday. Nath, how you see it going? If we keep Daniel Johnson quiet, we win. But I think it's be Desmond. Desmond, yep. Archbishop Desmond, two two or yep. three nil. Two two two. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Wallin, Welshie Wallin, four one Charlton. Four. How do you see the How do you see the World Cup final going Saturday? Uh, tomorrow, the big game, isn't it? Wales, New Zealand. I thought. Oh, is it tomorrow? Oh, the loser yeah. game. Oh, yeah, I thought that was Friday the final. when yeah. no one wants uh, to watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> what, a hor- what a horrible way to find out you're not in the final again. Uh, Lewis, <laughs> how, do you, how do you see it going? Uh, I'm going to go 2 1 Charlton. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm going to go, Nave said earlier, I'm going to bow a score for them early, but then. Yeah. We'll start start nice. messing about. Conor Gallagher winner. Not quite as Billy Big Plums as uh, as Tom was there, but I'll take I'll take three points any which way they come. Right, <laughs> we've run out of time here on uh, the big match preview. Don't forget, I'm going to be here all bloody day on Sunday because we will have a show Sunday evening after the Preston game. So make sure you tune in uh, on Sunday evening. Let us know when you as soon on your way home. Basically, email us after the after the Preston game. Let us know what you make of the performance. Uh, hopefully, it will be three points for the addicts. Thank you to Lewis, to Tom, and to Nathan for coming in this evening. Cheers, mate. Um, Louis Mendes, I hope you have enjoyed listening to the show. Like I say, we'll be back here on Sunday. Look forward to uh, speaking to you again uh, as we find out what happens against Preston, the return of the big friendly German. We'll see you later.
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big 